Hi everyone, welcome back to Just a Girl from Cleveland, episode 35. Back with a, another episode in a still pretty sportsless world, unfortunately, but um, some more good news came out in the last week, which I'll definitely get into, about the future of a couple different leagues, um, which is really exciting, and it feels like we are getting some real traction here and movement into a world where sports does exist again. So that is definitely exciting. Uh, So I wanted to start this episode by kind of continuing the conversation a little bit um, from last episode because it's obviously still really important and a hot topic of conversation going on. It's always important, even if it's not a hot topic of conversation, but definitely wanted to still touch on some things. Um, If you didn't listen to last week's episode, I went into some of my thoughts on just systemic racism in sports and in this country in general. So definitely go back and give it a listen if you have not already. Um, But kind of going back to the whole Drew Brees conversation, which now honestly seems like ages ago with how quickly the news cycle is moving these days. Like, one day in the news is usually in the normal world, like a couple weeks worth of news, but everything is just moving and happening so fast. It seems like that was 10 years ago, but was really only like three weeks ago, maybe. But anyways, his wife had posted a really powerful statement on the Instagram page of their foundation, and I thought it was great because it really talked about what she discovered as the deep ignorance in this country that she was kind of ignoring, Um, that, you know, Drew Brees and his family thought they were doing everything right in regards to racism, giving back to their community, uh, teaching their kids to love everyone equally, and simply just kind of feeling good about being just not being a racist person. And she said what they had learned in this is that the entire, that's kind of the entire point of what is wrong right now. Maybe not the entire point. There is still a lot of overt and um, aggressive and horrible racism out there. But kind of this middle ground of America just claiming to be not racist and therefore there's not a problem. Um, White people kind of feeling like if they check the box of being not racist, then they're good to go and exempt of all issues dealing with racism because they think that they aren't actively participating in it. Um, And what she kind of said she learned is that they just weren't listening. They were doing what they needed to do to consider themselves good and moral people, but they weren't they weren't listening and she basically said that what was wrong with what drew said about the flag and that whole statement that he made was that he was not listening to the stories and the hurt being literally screamed at him from his teammates and across the country for many many years um so if you go to the breeze dream foundation instagram account um it was a couple weeks ago she posted this but you can read the statement there if you want to i just i thought it was great how she acknowledged her kind of thought process because I think that's what a lot of white Americans are kind of going through that same process right now, thinking that they were checking all the boxes, doing the right things. I'm not a racist, only to realize that what's more important sometimes is to simply continue to listen um, and just being um, a thinking you're being a good person and not being racist is simply not good enough and is not going to push forward progress in our country in that way. So I just thought it was a really great statement if anyone wants to go and read that. 
Um, and kind of the, the last piece of racism I wanted to dig into for this week uh, deals with NASCAR. So I've never talked about NASCAR on this podcast before and quite honestly probably never thought I was going to because it's just something I've not followed at all. Um, but it's it's come up a lot in the last week or so starting with their decision to ban the Confederate flag from their events Um it's like still shocking to me that this is just not already widely banned, but whatever. Um, it's definitely an important step, though, and a, a big statement coming from NASCAR, which, to be honest, has not been known as a sport that is very welcoming and inclusive. Um, Bubba Wallace, though, is the NASCAR Cup Series only black driver, which is why a lot of these conversations have been coming up and he's sort of been the focal point of NASCAR in these conversations, obviously, because he is the only driver of color. Um, I thought it was... It was, it's been great that NASCAR has really stood by their driver and, and really been behind him. But then we move into the days kind of following the whole Confederate flag conversation where it was reported by some of Bubba's crew members or people, people who work with him that a noose was found hanging in his garage, um, which was obviously a very emotional thing for Bubba Wallace to hear. And NASCAR decided to have the FBI come in and launch some type of investigation uh, where they ended up saying they they ruled out that it was not a hate crime directed at Bubba Wallace and was, you know, a thing hanging from the garage, I guess, to pull it down um, since as early as October of 2019. Um, and I think what's most upsetting from all of this is the way people have been attacking Bubba Wallace um, since the statement from the FBI investigation, calling him basically a liar to get attention when, let me remind you, he wasn't even the one who found it. He never even actually saw it himself. Someone from his team did. Um, also, it was coincidentally the only rope hanging from a garage in the entire place that looked like a noose completely from different from every single other racer's garage. So of course there is going to be sensitivity, sensitivity around it. I mean, crew members and people who deal with, you know, racing regularly have said they've never seen something like that in a garage. So obviously, uh, with the sensitivity of everything right now, of course they're going to say something about it. Nobody was lying. Even the NASCAR president, uh, Steve Phillips, thought it was a noose and he saw it and he thought the exact same thing and was very emotional about it. So really everyone just needs to stop calling him a liar. Um, and regardless of whether this was directed at Bubba or not, someone tied that rope in the form of a noose, different from how every single other garage knot is tied. Um, so, of course, there is sensitivity around that. So everyone can just lay off of them. Um, and I think the more critical thing I've been thinking about this is that it's really just, it's sad that this is an issue that still exists today. Unfortunately, even... In the last few weeks, there are black men that have been lynched, so it is not out of the question or some crazy story that someone would do something like this. And I think that's the part people need to be focusing on. Why is this still a reality in America that someone could tie a noose and have it hung in that way? Um, why is this still even a possibility? Like, that's really concerning and upsetting, and I think the part that we should be focusing on is why is this still a reality in our country to this day? 
Um, and it really almost tones in on the point that racism is not as dead as people think. Um, and even overt racism like that is not as, as dead as people think it is. So anyways, moving on from that, um, the SBs. I guess we'll still have slightly more talk um, with racism in this segment as well. But um, Subert, Megan Rapino. First off, what a power couple. And then Russell Wilson. They were the hosts of this year's ESPYs, which were done virtually. Um, still on my bucket list to go to the ESPYs someday because I've just always been such a fan of, of that. I think last year around this time, I had talked about my favorite SB speech of all time was Will Ferrell accepting Tiger Woods Award for him. Greatest moment of all time um, in SB's history, really. But I... Um, I still enjoyed watching it this year. I thought they did a great job having it virtually. Um, they kind of used this black background that made it look like uh, they were standing on a stage, the hosts. Uh, and I just thought it was really well done still. I didn't, obviously, there's something to be said for being on a stage and having all of the players there. But I didn't feel like, um, in terms of the hosting and the production value, I thought they did a great job and it didn't lose um all of the sparkle of what it what it is when it's usually live so thought that was great I thought their kind of use of talking about the Black Lives Matter movement and tying obviously systemic racism into sports as well I thought it was really beautiful and well done and super powerful and they took a a substantial amount of time to talk about it uh, which I thought was really great too um, and then the big thing for me from watching the ESPYs was Kevin Love. Uh, they closed it out with him winning the Arthur Ashe Award for Courage, uh, which was so beautiful, so well done. The segment was great. Um, it was kind of sad when they played back the game. Um, I don't know if anyone else remembers it when he had his panic attack, when he was just like couldn't breathe, had to run off the court and was literally losing it um and it was so sad watching that back because you could see it in his his face and in his eyes and they had Channing Frye actually kind of um commentating on this whole thing on the ESPYs as well uh which I thought was great since they're such good buddies and uh it he was saying it was just he looked at Kevin and there was like nothing there you could tell there was something wrong with him um, and I just, I think it's so powerful what Kevin Love has done with his, his platform because in my mind, Kevin Love is the epitome of like a manly man, you know, he is what I think most people would picture as like a strong, you know, stable guy who's got it all together, who's got everything in the world um, and I think it's really important that he has shown that just because you might come off like that, it doesn't mean that's what's going on inside of you and that everyone has their own demons and their own battles to deal with internally and anxiety and depression can really hit anyone. Uh, it doesn't matter who you are and it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to ask for help and to get help. Um, and obviously all he's done with the foundation he's created and I think recently he donated some money to UCLA's psychology department to um, put in some work into research and money on uh, anxiety and depression in general. So I think that's super great. And I just love him so much. He's, he's the best, um, even though he 
this last season with the Cavs and him was a little bit uh, toxic at times. Uh, I just think he's a stand-up guy, and I was happy that they they honored him with that award. Um, so yeah, that was kind of all I wanted to talk about in the ESPYs, just because, I mean, the stories are were really beautiful that they shared, but the actual sports was lacking a little. Usually we have a recently crowned NBA champion at this point. We're in the middle of an MLB season. Uh, there's a, just a little bit more to talk about, which we didn't didn't get to have this year. Which you know that's okay. We'll we're we're going. We're moving forward. Things are happening, which leads me into sports are back, almost. <laughs> um, so starting off with the MLB, the commissioner is imposing a 60 game season. Um, if players report by July 1st, and they had to obviously agree on these health and safety protocols, which we are moving forward with that. Opening day is July 23rd and the 24th, uh, so about a, a, literally a month from right now. I am super excited for this. It, Man, the MLB, it's been a battle. Um, I can't decide sometimes if I'm more mad at the owners or the players because I both feel like they were just being petty and a little bit greedy on both sides. That it's like, I understand that, you know, there's things people want on both sides of these agreements, but we are in the middle of a global pandemic. Um, People have lost their jobs, health, everything is just kind of falling apart in the last few months. And we just need them to give us something to look forward to. Um, And what a lot of people look forward to is sports. And it just, it was really unsettling to watch them go back and forth. I swear every single day with something new of how the season was going to go and rejecting different proposals. It was so frustrating. And I was honestly over it, and then they came to an agreement, so I probably should have just ignored it the whole time and waited for something to happen. But regardless, I am ready to see baseball on my TV again. Excited for that. Um, College football, lots of players have started testing positive for coronavirus, especially in the states that are getting hit pretty bad right now. So I'm just interested to see how it's going to work in general for the season when players test positive on campus, like what that means for them. Um, Because I feel like it's one thing in these professional leagues when you're playing these guys, paying these guys millions of dollars and you can kind of like seclude them in, you know, like what the NBA is doing. But when it comes to college sports, they're still students. They're still going to be going to class, be on campus. They're also not paid athletes. And so I'm just, I'm really interested to see how this is going to work um, when players test positive. What do they do about that? Um, and how does that change the the entire season? So uh, more to come on that, but um, getting into the NBA now, um, the plan they are moving forward with, which I can't remember if this was already set when I talked last episode, but it's a 22-team bubble in Orlando. Obviously, strict safety protocols with multiple tests for coronavirus. I don't know if they have to get tested before every time they play. I'm assuming probably. Um, Players, coaches, and staff will be the only ones allowed in this bubble until August 30th when the family members are allowed to come. Uh, The teams are staying at three different hotels, 
which, okay, I think they should make some type of reality show out of this because the championship contenders get to stay in one hotel, then kind of the middle group of teams stay in a different hotel, and then the playoff bubble teams will be at another hotel. So I feel like there needs to be some type of like battle between the hotels and like a reality show out of it. But, um, I mean, they basically have 20 different options of activities to do while they're there too from fishing to golfing, boating, video games, movie screenings, like... This is where this is my dream. This is where I want to be. I want to be living in this bubble with all the NBA players, just like hanging out, golfing with them, boating with them. I just this is my dream. But I do think we we got to get some cameras in on all of this stuff. People will eat that up if they have the if the example or if they have the the opportunity to to watch this. And hey, if any NBA executives are are listening to this, I'm sure many of them are. Just hit me, hit me with an invite, and I'll be there. I will, I will show up. Uh, and the other thing I wanted to talk about with the NBA is I got a notification yesterday that kind of made me really excited. Was that the Lakers may sign J.R. Smith, which is just electric to hear. Um, so Avery Bradley opted not to play in the restart of this season. He's obviously on the Lakers due to. I believe some child custody type issues that he wants to prioritize in his life right now. Totally understandable. It's kind of a weird time for everyone. And if you have to leave this bubble that's going to hurt your personal life, then I I definitely get it. Um, so Lakers might sign JR, which, like I said, electric. Would love to see him back on the court again. And um, I'm sure there will be many a jokes about the LeBron moment of JR, what the hell are you doing in the finals from a few years ago when JR did not know how to read the clock? Tough moment in Cleveland sports history, but you know, we've all moved on from it. We can joke about it now. I mean, I never move on, but I can joke about it. I just, it's more like a defense mechanism that I use. Um, but it's obviously disappointing that. There won't be fans watching all of this in the stands. It just, it does suck. It sucks how everything has happened. But I feel like in my heart, I know that as soon as I see sports on my television in July, I'm just going to be absolutely elated. I don't care if there are fans there. Like, I know this is not the ideal situation, but nothing about the last four months or whatever it's been has been ideal for anyone. So... I'm like trying not to be picky and critical of the plans they're moving forward with right now because I think we just need to take what we can get um, and just be excited for whatever, like I said, whatever shows up on my television. Just We're all just going to be happy for it. Um, and hopefully once, you know, sports are on regularly, end of July here it seems, on our television. I think I don't think I mentioned this, but the NBA is supposed to start July 30th. Um, so end of July, July 23rd, 24th for the MLB. I'll hopefully be able to start posting some episodes more regularly again. It's still just been kind of a slow, I mean, the, the rest of the news has been pretty fast and moving, but, uh, sports news in general has not picked up yet. So hopefully as things get going again, I can get going again more with this too, which I'm really excited about, um, 
all good things. So that's all I have for you guys today. If you could please leave me a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, um, subscribe or follow on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts, uh, share it with your friends. Um, I think that's it. (laughs) Um, But everyone have a great rest of your week and I will catch you on the next one.